welcome again to the Golfing Mind, the podcast which talks about golf in general, but the mental game of golf in particular. My name is Robin Seeger. I'm the author of a number of books on the mental game, uh, including Silent Mind Golf, Silent Mind Putting, and Golf Under Pressure. Um, I've been fascinated with the mental game of life. Um, I wrote a book in 1999 called Natural Born Winners. I've always been fascinated about how the way we think and how the way we process information can greatly impact on how we perform or how we cope with pressure. And um, I find golf is one of the most perfect places to see this in action. It also amazes me how few golfers actively express any real interest in developing their mental game. They assume it is some sort of talent you're either born with or not born with, that your ability to be um, good under pressure, to handle pressure, is just good fortune. And I can't think of any evidence to substantiate that belief. <clears throat> what I do know is that um, if you look at some of the greatest golfers in the world, they've come up with an incredible will to win and an ability to learn how to manage pressure or to men learn strategies that they can then employ uh, to help them when they find themselves in a crisis situation. But a little part of me does always ask the question, what crisis situation? Really, golf is a game and we play games to have fun and to enjoy ourselves. And if we're not having fun and if we're not enjoying ourselves, then I have to ask the question, why do you continue to play golf? Well, you play it because you want to hit great shots and you want to get better and you want to win. I get it. I really get that. But it does beg the other question is, really, how pressure-packed is golf? I mean, genuinely, how pressure-packed is golf? And the reality is, there's very little real pressure in golf other than the pressure we impose upon ourselves. Often our expectations may be um, writing checks that our bodies can't cash. We tell people, we tell ourselves we're really good golfers. In reality, we're probably average to poor golfers with an inconsistent uh, swing and an inconsistent scorecard. So when we talk about pressure, I, I often ask my clients is how much of this pressure is real and how much of it's imagined. And I think um, it's more imagined than it is real. Now, I'm sure some people listening to that would say, don't be ridiculous. If you watch any golf tournament, if a person's coming down the stretch and they need to make level par in the last four holes to win, that's real pressure. And I would say it's a real scenario, but it's not life or death for a professional golfer. I appreciate it's how they choose to make their living. And I, for one, would certainly be full of admiration when they come through because playing well under pressure is not easy. And we have all seen famously top class golfers under pressure miss short putts, stay in the bunker, block it right, pull it left, all sorts of dreadful combinations. So I do accept this pressure, but I think I'm being a little bit indelicate. So let me clarify this. I know people who are high altitude mountaineers. I know people who go cave diving with scuba tanks. Uh, I used to skydive. I did 150 jumps over two years. 
If your parachute doesn't open, if your water breathing tank suddenly freezes, if your piton comes out of the mountainside, that's real pressure. That's real life or death pressure. But what's interesting is that in each of those three situations, it's been planned for. It's been scenario planned, if you will. When I used to skydive, and this would be the best example I can use, I used to scuba dive and they said, if you run out of air and find your buddy, indicate your buddy through hand signals, you've no air, don't panic, they'll come across and they'll help you. Um, when I was a skydiver, if your parachute doesn't open, then I remember saying to a skydiving instructor, if your parachute doesn't open, how long have you got to open your reserve parachute? And the skydiving instructor, being an ex-military guy with a black sense of humor, just looked at me and said, oh, you've got the rest of your life to get it open. Because if your main parachute doesn't open, then you are almost, almost certainly going to die or have a serious injury. So you need to know what to do because when the problem arises, is not the time to start figuring out the solution. You need the solution before the problem arises. And this is something I work a lot with golfers on. I don't encourage people to visualize failure, but I want them to be aware that failure, even catastrophic swing faults can suddenly just appear out of the blue. So you need to have what I call the EPs. And I borrow that from skydiving EPs as known as your emergency procedures. It's what you do when suddenly everything starts looking a bit dodgy. So what we do in parachuting is very simple. You pull your main parachute, you give it three seconds, you look up. There's an old saying, is it there? Is it square? Does it fly? Meaning, is a parachute there? Is it square in shape and can you control it? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then you need to get rid of it. And to get rid of it, you pull a red handle. This red handle detaches that canopy from your harness and then you pull your silver handle and that deploys your reserve parachute. However, you've got to pull the red handle with your right hand and the silver handle with your left hand. If you mix the order up and pull your reserve before you've cut away your main canopy, you can end up almost certainly with an entanglement and then you have run out of options. So what you do is you practice right, peel, punch, left, peel, punch. Peel means peeling the handle away from the Velcro. And you do this time and time and time again. Before every jump, you practice right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand. So when it happens, and it never happened to me, but when it happens, I say to people, what happened? And they go, I don't know. The next thing I know, I was under my reserve because they did it automatically. So in golf, if you suddenly feel yourself having a meltdown, you need to have EPs, emergency procedures, things you can do to bring yourself back to a state of normal or at least save yourself from imploding completely. And I have three suggestions. Suggestion one is probably the oldest suggestion in golf, but it's slow down. Slow down your walking, slow down your breathing, and slow down your swing. 
So that's the first thing, slow everything down. And I would recommend walking slower, uh, breathing for a count of five in and seven out. Breathe in a count of five, one, two, three, four, five in, hold it and then out for a count of seven. You do that three times, it'll really reduce your heart rate, your blood pressure, and it will even calm you down. It'll sort of start to burn off the cortisol um, in your bloodstream you get from the adrenaline shock. That's the first thing. And you should be practicing this drill in your practice rounds when you're walking down the road. Day to day, just practice this and slow down. So when you do it in the course, it works. So don't just listen to this podcast and go, yep, slow down on it when this bad shot appears. I want you to practice this response every day, once or twice a day when you're in a meeting, going into a difficult meeting. Slow down your pace of walking, slow down your speaking pattern, and slow down your breathing. Now, I have a fast cadence when I speak, as you may be aware. But when I'm speaking at a big conference, I breathe deeply, I slow down, I walk onto the stage slowly, and I slow down. Number two, remind yourself you are a good golfer. Remind yourself you are able to play good shots. What this means is start thinking positively about yourself. Don't be beating yourself up. Don't be calling yourself names. Don't be turning to your opponent to your partner and go, have you ever seen anything that bad? No, don't do that. You slow down, then you start thinking and speaking in a positive way. And the final thing to do is when you get up to your next shot, you take two full relaxed practice swings, nice and easy, and then say to yourself over the bowl, all good, good to go. No doubt in your mind that the shot is going to be anything other than good. So if you take those three things and practice doing them, not when you're having a meltdown, but in day-to-day -day life. There's nothing in day-to-day -day life to stop you thinking and acting positively. And there's nothing to think you, to stop you saying to yourself, okay, I got this. So that's my um, sort of thought for today. And I hope it's of service to you. In every podcast, I always say, if you would like to sign up for more information on the mental game, please go to seegergolf.com and uh, you can find out all about the... Uh, programs online that are available or working with me directly one-to-one -one, uh, by Zoom or Skype or whatever your preferred uh, te technology tool is. Well, that's it for this week. I uh, wish you a very pleasant week ahead. And until we speak again, have a wonderful week, play good golf and enjoy yourself and practice your EPs or take up skydiving. I'd practice your EPs. A lot more fun on the ground than in the air when things go wrong. Thank you.